A little bonus episode here today on the podcast as we discuss some things the Leafs need to do on the ice, but also some things to consider off the ice as well. That and more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome everybody to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all Leafs content. I'm David Morsuti from Sportsnet and a writer for the NHLPA. Joining me is my co-host who's in the B chair today, Mike DeCefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Alba's brother on TSN Overdrive and on TSN 1050's Leafs Lunge. Locked on Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. So first off, thank you for making us your first listen, if you're listening to this for the first time. But also remember, you can catch us on YouTube, Locked on Leafs. Make sure you go and subscribe there. We're we're getting up there in the subscriptions, so I uh, appreciate all that. Our boy, Phil Kessel. Nothing is stopping this man from getting his Iron Man streak from continuing. He actually made a point to play a shift in the game so then the Coyotes had arranged a flight for him to go back home in Arizona so he could be there for the birth of his first child. That's awesome, man. Like, <laughs> I saw that floating out there that, you know, he went out there, took a quick uh, quick skate around, did a shift, and then opt off the game, gave fist bumps to all the fans, and then went home and was there for the birth of his child. Did I also see that he, like, got an assist on that play as well? Uh, you know what? I, I totally forgot. Uh, maybe not. I'm looking no, now. He played just the first shift, and then he was literally first shift. Guys were kind of heckling that he was leaving. Uh, he gave fist bumps, and he was right off. He might have been on the ice, man, because they scored their first goal like a minute into the game. It's very possible that he was on the ice, and, and maybe he's like a plus one. I don't even see him on here. Where, where, Phil Kessel. They don't even have him on here right now, and I don't know why. Because he only played one shift. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gonna say maybe not. they just he was he put he didn't play the minimum to get on the stats sheet tonight. But I mean, he was but yeah, shout out, uh, shout out, Phil, Attaboy boy Phil, former Leafs legend, Philly, the Thrill Kessel. Yes, we're now going to focus on our favorite little segment called Cosine No Sign. For those who are unfamiliar with it. Mike and I will each give a little phrase, and we have to decide whether we're going to sign off on it, meaning we agree with it, or we're going to no sign, meaning nah, we don't agree with it. So I will go first for the first one, because uh, we kind of did touch on it a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's been a bit of a theme the last few days with the Leafs. Um, maybe maybe after this game, it might not be as much, but... Uh, I was thinking that this is the time for Ilya Lubushkin to get a little bit of time with Morgan Riley. Why? I already co-sign. Absolutely co-sign. And all I have to say is refer to yesterday's podcast for the answer. Of course. Yes, 1,000% co-sign. I want to see it. We talked about it today. Timothy Lilligren, you know, didn't look spectacular. Then, you know, there's a couple of chance, a couple of, uh, times tonight where you're just kind of wincing a little bit. Yeah, another ill-timed penalty that he took tonight uh, for the second game in a row. And 
you know, I, I just think that um, when this team is, is like, I just, yes, cosign. I want to see Leo Labushkin play up there. He's a shot suppressor. I think he and Morgan Riley would work out really well. He can play with top pairing guys, with superstar players, guys who can move the puck. And if he's just going to be out there being an enforcer, going around, hitting people, making sure that he boxes guys out, don't allow those second, third chance opportunities, especially considering how rebound friendly it seems like Campbell and Razak have been lately. Yeah, I would like him out there on the top pair against some of those uh, top players who battle in front of the net. Have him out there battling as well alongside Morgan Riley. Cosign. Beautiful. So, Mike, what do you have as your first cosign, no sign? All right. Cosign, no sign. Dave, uh, first one for you here. Austin Matthews, hat trick tonight. Shout out. Currently leading the NHL with 43 goals. Cosign, no sign. Austin Matthews hits 60 this season. Ooh. I had a conversation with a group of friends of mine. We have a, a little chat group there and i think it was he needed actually i'm gonna pull that up because they did the math for me because this is the important part here where you kind of have to see is it feasible for him he's at 43 so we know he needs 17 and i think 25 games yeah how can how can we not think that after he's scoring 36 in his last 37 right right so i mean if you're not signing this you have Austin Matthews will be like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he'll score 17, 25. Um, there could be some sort of regression that factors in here at some point, I suppose. But for a while I was saying, no, nah, he could come close. He could come close. But all he does is keep scoring and, and he's scoring multiple goals in a game this is 12th multi-goal game of the year which ties rick five for uh i think third most in a season he's done it 14 and 15 times as well and i reckon by the end of the year he'll also have that record along with rick vibes single season goal scoring record as well mr david morsuti i thought he was gonna do it last year before the pandemic Oh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago in the yeah. pandemic, shortened the season. Yeah, he was. He was. I think what he had forty-seven goals that year. He was on pace last season too for sixty-five in a, in a full eighty-two game season on pace for sixty-five goals. So he would have passed it last year too, but obviously we know that he did not. He had what 40, 40 some was, goals last season as well in roughly the same amount of games. So like this is what he is. Yeah, this isn't like if people are thinking that Austin Matthews is somehow finding a, his like just recently finding a stride. No, the stride's always been there. It's just a pandemic has gone his way. Injuries. Well, not even injuries because his last few years, he's been relatively healthy minus him missing a few games to start the year. And imagine if he didn't miss those games to start the year. That's I think that's the difference between him being closer to 50 at this point. Remember when he remember when the power play couldn't score? Remember when he couldn't score at five on five? Like the, the, somehow there were still pockets and stretches where we were like, oh, this guy's not scoring enough. And now here you look at it. It's like the, actually he's doing fine. <laughs> he scored 36 in his last 37 games. All good. <laughs> if it took him a couple of weeks to to get it going. All good. Yeah. 
He's unbelievable. Your next one. All right. So my next one here is with Jason Spezza being the guy out tonight, I think now we're going to really start to see a healthy rotation of guys going in and out of the lineup more so than we did before. Because before we saw Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, and whoever that other person was on the fourth line. Yeah. The two that were like the constant right. always playing. I think now that you have Kerfoot in the mix, Kasha, I think because Nick Robertson has kind of given a good chance to stay on that second line, you're going to start seeing a little more rotation on that fourth line there. Cosine or no oh. Rotation as in like, we're going to see guys not play. So like, like we'll yeah, see we're- scratches from Spezza, from Wayne Simmons and like that. Yeah, like an Andre Kasha might come out because of the injuries, and they're like they're gonna make sure that that fourth line is static. It's not gonna be a fixed fourth line. Interesting. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna co-sign it. I'm gonna co-sign it for two reasons. One, I think you look at Wayne Simmons and you look at Jason Spezza. They're a little bit up there in their career, and you want to keep them as fresh as possible. Two. There is a lot of hockey games that are going to be played in not many days, um, basically every other night. So there's not much time to get that rest. And for guys like that, I think they need it. And then you brought up the Andre Kasha part, and yeah, maybe it is smart and strategic to give him a couple of nights off here and there and give him an opportunity to get a breather. So yeah, I could see there being a bit of a rotation, plus the fact that now with Nick Robertson in the fold, you got a little bit of depth. And you have you're gonna have somebody in the press box, you know, who you are going to want to get some games and get some playing time. And I could see a little bit of a rotation, uh, rotation kind of forming there. And they could even still add to that depth that they have right now. I don't know about you, but I actually like low-key liked the makeup of that fourth line on paper tonight. Kerfoot, Kasha, and uh and Wayne Simmons. Like that's just those three guys on a fourth line just kind of speaks to how deep this team can actually be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Kerfoot and Kasha at one point were second-line players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now they're on the fourth line. All right. Mine kind of can go hand-in-hand hand with your question, though, which could ultimately change the perception of what the answer could have been in the, in the previous question. Okay. One of Alex Kerfoot, or Nick Robertson will be dealt at the deadline. I'm going to sign that because I think with the need to make the salaries work, I think there's a better chance that Kerfoot can get moved if they believe that Nick Robertson is ready for full-time duty. Cause some people are just like, you can trade Robertson in a package and I'm like, but if you can move Kerfoot's deal, it may it will make the money work so much better in terms of when you bring in a guy in, and next year, yeah, moving out that three and a half million dollars on next year's cap as well, knowing that there are, you know, a couple of contracts that are going to have to be negotiated this summer that are going to be tough to to get to that cap number because yeah. people keep saying, ah, uh, you know, they're going to might have to find another Michael Bunting like player to bring in and insert into the lineup. Maybe Nick Robertson is that. Michael yeah. Bunting type player because he is not really a lot of money. Right. So I, I think this is what the Leafs are 
this is I think this was all kind of Kyle Dubas's work in trying to figure out which guys on ELC deals, you know, manageable contracts can we get into this lineup and move out, kind of trim the fat, as I would say. I think that that Kerfoot, while I like the player, I mean, given what he did in the playoffs last year, at times he's been really good. Three and a half million, and the fact he doesn't really have a defined role right now, that kind of that that means I think that he'd be a guy that can be on the move. And I think teams will still like to have a guy like that. Yeah, I, I, my only like counter to that, not to say that I don't think it's going to happen, because um, I think he is a valuable trade chip that the Maple Leafs could use if they go out and get a big salary player. But the only counter to that is it seems like the coaching staff and management do really like him and they like his versatility and the fact that he's a Swiss Army knife that can play up and down the lineup. You can stick him on PP2. He kills penalties. He can really do whatever you want. And and he's also seems to be a really well-liked guy in the locker room. You listen to to you know post game when that second line was in a funk and Kerfoot was getting a little bit of a little bit of sludge thrown at him like they came to his defense and they're like he's an awesome guy like he's an amazing upbeat person uh you know he's a very smart individual a harvard graduate um so that's the only thing like do they want to trade away like they kind of want to build for depth do they want to trade it away is the only like pushback i guess i would have on that but yeah i think it's certainly possible that if they do try and make a, a sizable deal of where you need to have money coming in, coming out, especially if it sounds like Jake Muzzin, who was skating today, by the way, which is a positive sign. Um, looks like he might be returning before the season's end, which means that LTIR space isn't there. So that may need to be a, a dollar in dollar out type of trade at the deadline. And Kerfoot's probably the, at the top of the list for guys who are, I don't want to use the word expendable, but, guys who maybe the Maple Leafs wouldn't mind uh, moving in a deal, I suppose, if you have something else of value coming back. Um, third one, uh, you go. You want to go first or me go first? I'll go first because this might be a, a, a short one because you've already kind of touched on them earlier. Okay. I think David Kampf earned some selkie votes. We talked about Matthews potentially Ooh. and Marner, but I think David Kampf, his def- <laughs> you, you talked about that third line. He's yeah. putting it at, on the penalty kill and at five on five. Like, I don't think I'm gonna, he's going to win. I'm going to no sign it. I'm going to no sign it. I, I'm going to no sign it. I, I, I think he's done a terrific job in this role, but has he done well enough to garner votes from like outside of the market? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much love going to. Matthews in the Selkie conversation at this point with his two-way play. Mitch Marner gets a lot of Selkie consideration for his two-way play. Um, I don't think that people will even think about putting David Camp on a ballot. He's played well. Don't get me wrong. He's an incredibly reliable player in his own end, and he's you know a, a prototypical defensive forward. But at the end of the day, he's the third-line guy who still only gets like 14, 15 minutes, plays on the PK. I just don't think that he'll end up on on many ballots here and will be considered a a strong candidate, uh, I would say. So I'm going to no sign it. All right. No problem. So what's your uh, to wrap things up? What's your final cosign? No sign. All right. Final one here for you. It's a bit of a spicy, spicy bomb right here. You ready? All right. One of Jack Campbell or Peter Morazic will get a shutout before the season is over. Ooh. <laughs> wow. 
That is doesn't funny. mean that they won't give up five or six goals every game, but there'll be that one night where they're just on it and they get that donut. What do you think? I just think at some point, one of them is going to have one of those nights. It's going to probably be, I'm, I'm more inclined to give it to Jack Campbell because I feel like his style of play gives me more confidence that he can get that shutout. I don't, it's, it's tough because the way they're playing right now, but I feel like if there is a guy, it's going to be him. So I'm going to sign it. Because at some point, one of them is going to have one of those games. It's going to happen. They're going to have. They're going to be in the zone. I don't know when it's going to happen. At some point, it will happen. But I do think it can happen. Yes. So I'm going to sign that. All right. All right. You have slight faith that there will be one night where they'll just be on it. They'll be on it. All right. I like it, Dave. I like the optimism. You're feeling good on a on a Wednesday. Yeah. Optimism Wednesday. We're all here for that. All right, Mike. Well, I want to thank you again. And I thank everybody for sticking around as long as they did. So they'll do it today on the podcast. Uh, Make sure you go and support the show by subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. We're trying to reach that 500 so we can give away some swag to our Leafs faithful. Uh, Make sure you go on Twitter. Follow myself, D underscore more Sudi, and follow Mike at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode where we are going to preview the game against the Coyotes and a little bit more. Hey, maybe we'll have some news to talk about. The red hot Arizona Coyotes, that is. No team that they can. Hey, maybe because they're playing well, the Leafs won't take them uh, lightly. Although we can't really say that for sure because it's kind of gone both ways for the Leafs lately. But until then, keep it locked on here on Locked On Leafs.